most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Perviti. As always, we will be answering your mailbag questions every Thursday on this podcast, which you can submit for future shows to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. As always, I am excited to be joined by Brandon Anderson, NFL and NBA writer here at Action Network, who you can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I got to enjoy some time with family friends here in town from church and old roommates and got some game time with with the kids and the families, got some good food. It's always nice to be a bachelor at Thanksgiving because you get a lot of leftovers coming your way. So I got lots of leftovers sent home, plenty of pumpkin pie, a little football in there, some basketball over the weekend. Pretty much all you could hope for on a nice Thanksgiving weekend. How was yours? Thanksgiving is the best holiday. I did not go home, unfortunately. And I ended up going to Denver and eating at a really nice steakhouse with um, mm. one of my close friends who I haven't seen since I moved. So that was exciting. And I got to play with this really cute puppy and I ate a lot of food and went 3-0 against the spread. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a pretty good Thanksgiving. <laughs> I did not go 3-0 against the spread. So you got me beat on that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm just super excited to be back. We missed you guys from uh, last week. So I guess we're going back to our normal play hole drop now that the trade deadline has passed in a lot of leagues, though not all leagues. So why don't you hit me with some quarterbacks? All right. Yeah, we are back to some uh, scraping toward the bottom of the barrel on some of these options. Quarterbacks, not too bad. Kirk Cousins back into the action again, ready for me to drop him if we need to. So we got Kirk Cousins, Taysom Hill, looks like he's making his first start Thursday night, and then Russell Wilson, fall from grace for us. So what do you think between these three? This is really, really tough. I know Kirk Cousins in this list every week. I forgot. I didn't realize that, <laughs> that this has just become a... That's all right. Uh, I, I, Kirk Cousins is on my life list every week, so he might as well <laughs> be on this list too. Every Sunday, I have to make decisions about Kirk Cousins, so you should have to as well. Well, Kirk is QB 11 through 12 games on a per game basis. And he's like probably the least sexy name of these three. I don't think that's a hot take. (laughs) Like Taysom Hill is whatever, but he's also like kind of exciting because he's that weird utility knife player thing. Taysom Hill may or may not start too, by the way, because he's dealing with this like foot injury and Sean Payton did not want to uh, commit to saying he was going to start. And if that foot injury, even if he does start, if that limits him, that will limit his potential. So I'm not going to start him. I think I want to hold on to him though, because I would like to see what he does. And like he was QB 13 overall through those four, um, four starts last week, last year, rather, uh, when he was the starter. So I think I'm going to hang on to him. This is really tough. Like, you can't drop Russell Wilson, but, like, can you start him with confidence? I don't know. I don't know. Like, Kirk Cousins is the better matchup against Detroit, but, like, how mad would you be if you drop Kirk Cousins? Sorry, if you drop Russell Wilson for Kirk Cousins and he goes off. I know. I hate it. I I guess I'm just kind of going with the start your studs thing. He did muster 19 fantasy points last week, so... You know what? I'm going to say start him, drop Kirk and hold on to Taysom Hill because I think he's kind of like the dart throw upside play. Kirk Cousins is very safe. I don't know. What say you, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this time of the year when we're around family so much, it's really best if we're thinking about cousins that they're not sexy. It's not a good time of the year for sexy cousins. So, yeah, (laughs) definitely not a sexy name. I think the clear decision here of of the three options for me my first decision is Russell Wilson, and I'm cutting him. I know he's the stud. I know you got to start your studs. I know he's finally back. He's, he's not. This is not Russell Wilson. That finger is still bothering him. You know, he did get a couple of deep balls to Tyler Lockett last week, but that was against 
you know, not a great pass defense either, just to say the least about Washington. So I got excited early in the game. I was like, oh, okay, he's getting a little better. He does seem like he's improving a little bit. But really, if you look at the whole season, Wilson has two starts the entire year that you're like, yes, I'm so glad I spent a high pick on this guy. And he's had two others that you're fine with, you know, and we're, we're talking about fine here. Kirk Cousins, Taysom Hill, we're not trying to light the world on fire, but the floor has dropped out on Wilson. And I think too, another thing that I'm a little afraid of, depending on what I'm looking at here, I think there's a real chance Wilson just ends up not playing down the stretch, especially if Seattle loses this week. Like they're barely, barely in the playoff hunt. They're not really like they, they show on TV, those graphics with the NFC playoff picture. It's literally 14 teams on the screen. It's everyone except the Lions and the Seahawks. Seattle fans, you should be mortified. You're hanging out with Detroit at the kid table at Thanksgiving right now. And if they lose this week, like it's, it's curtains. It's probably already curtains. But if they lose again, like at what point, if you think you're keeping Russell Wilson around, at what point don't you just shut him down and be like, all right, man, it's not happening. Get healthy. Let's try again next year. So I, I'm cutting Russell Wilson. If Taysom Hill plays, I'm starting him. He had two touchdowns, all four of his games he started last year. You get the rushing factor. I'm a big fan of the Jalen Hurts types, the guys that you get that floor there. Kirk is the hold. He can play. If you need a starter, if Taysom doesn't start, that's fine. You, you can start Kirk. That's how I feel about him every time on this one. But to me, Russell Wilson cut is the, the clearest decision for me. That's tough. I like his playoff schedule. Besides the Rams, he's got the Bears and Detroit, which is good. And he also gets Houston in week 14. Um, So that could be spicy. But yeah, I think to your point, that is something that is risky that he could just like stop playing Uh, because why like, you know, kill him and uh, put him out there for a lost cause. So I want to hang on to him. Maybe it's a little sentimental, but you know what? Personally, too, I think that he's like he just needs time to heal and like maybe this game will be the game. Like he, he had a really bad game, his first game back against the Packers. And now he's like getting a little better. I don't know. All right. Let us move on to our trio of running backs. Yeah. So now we are definitely back to scraping the bottom of the barrel running backs. This, this is a rough go this week. I'm not going to lie. I had to actually double check just to make sure I knew for sure, which teams some of these guys were on. You know, we we got some veterans bouncing around here. So we have, as our options this week, Matt Breda, Ramonde Stevenson, and Tevin Coleman. So tell me why I should care about any of these three. Tell me why they're not just all cuts. I know we're at that point of the season, but is there anything here for these three? They're all in that, like, late 20s, early 30s in the rankings right now. So, like, they're fringe guys that you may have to start in deeper leagues. Uh, all right. Matt Breida, he has scored three times in the last three games, apparently leapfrogged Zach Moss, which is a very, very strange situation. Moss was a healthy scratch last week. And I mean, he's definitely, I think, made the run game a little bit more lively on that team. So that is why he makes this list. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he obviously is now kind of siphoning away carries from Damian Harris. He's the more dynamic sort of player on the field. Uh, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be like a fantasy superstar so long as Damian Harris is healthy, but he is enough to kind of mess things up and make things murky in that backfield. And then Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter is on injured reserve. And now it's just this like ugly split. The Jets, I mean, they did lean a lot on the run last game because Zach Wilson was struggling so much. And I don't know, maybe that's a sign of more things to come. He certainly looked rusty in that game. I think that's a generous term, Um, but he also split carries with uh, Ty Johnson. So I don't know how much you want to put in terms of like investment in this Jets backfield. So that's all to say Ramondre Stevenson playing the, the bills. You really can't start him, but I like his upside longer term. I mean, the Patriots do have a kind of tough schedule down the stretch, but I, I want to hold on to him because I feel like he has like very clear cut RB2 possible, like in the right matchups, like even better potential if Damian Harris is out. The other two, like everyone could be gone 
in a nuclear explosion. And I don't know that I would feel the same way. Uh, so he is the hold. And then uh, Matt Breida would be the play. Uh, just because I just don't trust, trust the Jets that much. They do have the better matchup against the Eagles. But Breida's looks pretty solid. And I kind of want to ride the hot hand. And I do think Ty Johnson might be the more talented running back in that backfield for the Jets. So that is my long soliloquy about this trash trio. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm pretty much with you. Most importantly, uh, I'm with you on Ramonde Stevenson. He's the one that definitely he looks good if he can get it on the, on the field enough. And like we've seen the Patriots, you just, you never know who the running back is going to be. It's Kyle Shanahan light over there for fantasy purposes, except that it turns out really good. If you accidentally hit the right guy, you know, like I remember what was his name? Jonas Gray had a, a random like Monday night game with like four touchdowns a few years ago. Like Ramondi Stevenson, he he's had that game already a couple of weeks ago when Damien Harris was out. So yeah, it's a rough schedule. They got the bye week next week. They've got Buffalo twice. It's not going to be easy. I think the Indianapolis still, who's a great run defense, but we know the Patriots are going to run the ball. He, he's the hold here uh, of all the three. And if I have to play him and to keep him, then I'd play him too. Like he's the one guy I definitely want out of these three. The other two, I don't have too much to say about. I would probably play Tavin Coleman and cut Rita only because with running back, if, if it's this ugly and I'm just looking to get something, I'm usually just going for touches. And the guy that I trust to get the most touches is Coleman with 16 carries and three targets last week. Rough schedule for both of those two. I guess I go with him and cut Rita, but I could be talked into either way on that one. Ramondre is the one that I want to keep around. But we've got three other receivers on here. So we've got Van Jefferson, Michael Gallup, and Cortland Sutton. Very different talent levels of receivers here, but very different opportunity as well. So what do you think between those three? This one's a little easier for me. I want to play Van Jefferson. Uh, He's got a pretty good matchup against Jacksonville and hold Michael Gallup. I want to see how things kind of shake out because he did do really well last week, but that was with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb out. Now CeeDee Lamb, sorry, Amari Cooper may miss this game. He's traveling with the team, but it's, like the COVID protocols and stuff like they may not want to play him. He also probably hasn't practiced in all this time. So, I mean, he's a guy that I, I kind of want to hold on to, especially in like the high volume Cowboys offense, Portland Sutton. Holy crap. I mean, this is a good matchup against the chiefs, but first seven games of the season, he was wide receiver 17 and half PPR since week eight. And that was around the time that Jerry Judy came back. He's wide receiver 95. He caught two targets for, 17 yards this week against the Chargers. It's just, it's no bueno. So uh, I, I think I'm ready to cut him. Yeah, I'm with you on Van Jefferson. He's definitely the guy I like the most here. I noticed too, he's had five straight games where he's playing almost every snap at this point. We know the Rams like to have a lot of receivers out there. I wondered when they traded for Odell Beckham, if Van Jefferson might actually stay ahead of him, well, especially when Robert Woods was out too. And I just think, Jefferson's familiarity in the system and like McVay trusts him. He's out there. He's making plays. He's had six or more targets in, in five straight games. So I, I totally agree. He's the one. He may not be the name. He's probably the least talented of these three guys, but talent doesn't score you points in fantasy. You got to actually be on the field and get some targets. So Van Jefferson, he's the start. I'm going to hold on to Sutton only because I don't really feel like I'm losing too much by cutting Gallup. I don't know if I want to play him against a tough Saints defense and what I think will be kind of a eh, low scoring sort of Thursday night game. And then I certainly expect Amari Cooper back after that and CeeDee Lamb back healthy from the concussion thing. Um, Gallup, I think he'll be fine. Sutton is so talented and he's been terrible. You can't play him right now. You can't. But he's had he's at two receptions or less in four straight games. But he's really talented. There's a pretty soft schedule coming up for Denver. So if something happens to break the other way, you know, maybe Teddy's injury comes back and maybe that means your lock is out there. Maybe lock prefers to throw to Sutton where Teddy's throwing to Judy or something like that. I just, I feel like I'd rather have the Sutton upside stashed on my bench just in case. I don't feel like I'm losing too much by getting rid of Gallup. So I would slightly swerve on that one, but you know, Corlin Sutton, You've been terrible lately. Wide receiver 95 is rough. All right. Well, we've got another Denver option under our tight ends here. So 
we've got Noah Fant, and then we have Dallas Goddard and Tyler Higby. These three, this was the toughest one for me. These three are pretty close. What did you make of these three? Yeah, they're all on that fringe, which it's just tight end is such a hellscape right now. I'm going to say I'm going to play Dallas Goddard. He plays the Jets. Hasn't been productive since week eight, but I do think he's at least up there in terms of the most talented of the three. Tyler Higby has been absolutely brutal. One catch for three yards last week has two double digit fantasy performances all year. I am so ready. I'm like, I'm totally fine with dropping him. Like it stinks because you you see upside there and you think it it works. Like how did he produce in previous situations? And now he's got Matt Stafford and he can't produce, but it's annoying. I'm, I'm okay. Moving on from him. Noah fan. I want to hold on to. I mean, this is, a, this is a good matchup against the chiefs. I just want to kind of see him be at full strength, but yeah, he is hampered by the, uh, the system and, Teddy B and everything like that. So I would like to see uh, maybe at least one good game from him before I feel comfortable starting him. Yeah, I'm with you on Higby. He's the drop of this group. You know, if you can't play him against Jacksonville, who I think is dead last in passing defense DVOA, if you're not playing him there, like don't keep him around because it's not happening and and you shouldn't play him and you shouldn't keep him around. So I agree there. I'm going to play Noah Fant just really on a hunch. I, Fant, I, I literally, I just contradicted myself what I'm about to say like four minutes ago. Fant is the most talent of this trio. And like, he's a guy that can just go make a play. And this is an extremely blah, like mashed potatoes group of receivers. It's like, there, there's just nothing happening here. You're just rolling dice and hoping that you get like 40 yards and three catches. And if that's where I'm really at between these three options, I may as well then gamble on the talent. And I do like Denver's schedule down the stretch. Teddy Bridgewater likes to throw to tight ends. So Fant to me has the most upside of like suddenly having a 10 or 12 target game or a long catch that he breaks, that sort of thing. So I think that I play him and he's definitely the one I want to keep around. Goddard, eh, I don't have much to say about him. He's on the field a lot. I don't know who's the quarterback for that team this week. So I'm not too excited to play him. He's going to buy next week. So I could be talked in either one of those, but Fant to me is the one that I get the most excited about. Sure. All right. And next up here on the Fantasy Flex is our elite entry segment where we dive into the prize picks app to build some entries. Brandon identifies some markets he likes, you build your own prize picks entries, and all of us have a little fun and make some money. So today we are going to look at Thursday night plays for week 13 on prize picks. Hit us with some plays you like. Yeah, so this is a very mashed potatoesy sort of Thursday night game. We're we're on a, a cold, weird stretch of Thursday night games. Of course, last week on Thanksgiving, we had three games, but we did not record last week. Our games before, it genuinely feels like this is like the fifth or sixth straight week that we're going into our Thursday prize pick segment, and we like don't know who the quarterback is for one of the teams. So there are precious few options here right now. Uh, there are no uh, no names on the Saints that we can play because we don't know if Taysom Hill is going to start or if it's Trevor Simeon. We don't know if Alvin Kamara is back or not. So I, I guess there are a couple of receivers that you can do, but I'm staying away from the Saints. What we know about New Orleans is that they're very good defense, especially that they're an excellent run defense. So I know there's been a lot of talk this week about Ezekiel Elliott and what he set out. No, he's not going to sit out. We're going to pound it and give him the ball a lot of times. I don't buy it. You don't you don't run the ball a lot against the Saints defense. So that's kind of the angle I'm going for here. So first play, I'm taking the under on Ezekiel Elliott, under 50 and a half rushing yards. He's been under that for the last five, and the one over is by one yard. So over that five games, 199 yards total over five games. That was like Thanksgiving dinner for Ezekiel Elliott in past years. And he's just not doing it this year. So I'm taking the under. I'm going over on Dak Prescott's completions, not the yards necessarily, because that's been variable, but I think that they're going to have more of a volume passing game here. So first five games for Dak, he had 24.4 completions per game. Five games since, 27.8. And his attempts have gone from 33 to 42 plus over that span. So over these five recent games, that's four overs on Dak completions over this number. The only one under was that really ugly Denver game when Dallas just didn't show up at all. So 
I think less running, a little more Tony Pollard, but a lot more Dak throwing the ball around, especially now that it looks like Amari Cooper maybe will play. I'm not sure if he will. So I had two other names here. One of them was C.D. Lamb receiving yards over. You can add that if you want. I can't really recommend in good faith right now without knowing about Amari Cooper. I was going to add it assuming Cooper wasn't playing. If he's not, maybe that's still a good play. Uh, CD's yardage has been pretty high all but a few games. He had one bad game that Denver won. He had a game against the Chiefs that he left hurt. The other games, he's averaging 88 yards a game. So there's a pretty high ceiling there. However, that line is going up and there's the Cooper question mark. I'll leave him out for our play today. I'm going to play instead Dalton Schultz, their tight end, over 39 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that eight out of 11 games this season, and he's had six plus targets in eight of 11 games too. So he's going to quietly become a little bit of that breakout-ish tight end that people were hoping for, I think, there. So yeah, last time that we did our prize picks entry, we won. We were four for four on Patriots and Falcons going all under. So not all unders this time. (laughs) Yeah, you love to see it. That was a 10 times hit if you played the power play and got all four of those. So we're going with just three today. Dak Prescott over 20 and a half completions. Dalton Schultz over 39 and a half receiving yards. Ezekiel Elliott under 50 and a half rushing yards. Let's see if we can hit two in a row. I really, really like those first two. I think the Dalton Schultz one just scares me possibly because of uh, the uncertainty with Amari Cooper. And to your point, the Saints run defense is really strong. So I could definitely see Zeke going under that despite what Jerry Judy says about a heavy load. Um, that was the tweet of the week, by the way. Um, I could definitely see him going under that, especially with the split with Pollard. Pollard looks really good. So, I mean, I, I think that they're going to continue to feature him. And then to that point about uh, the run defense being really strong, I can definitely see Dak airing it out a lot. I mean, he, he attempted 47 passes last week. So, I, and that was with his two best receivers out. So I can definitely see there being a lot of passing in this game. Um, but yeah, go out there and put that lineup in because Brandon is giving out winners here. Uh, right. As a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points and player props to make your lineups super spicy. Also, prize fix markets move, so you will want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize fix account yet, please check out the link in our episode description because prize picks has a special offer for fantasy flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizefix.com and use promo code action 10. All right. Hit me with some mailbag questions. All right. Our first question is from Cody. Cody wants to know if you had to play two Denver Broncos against the chiefs this week in fantasy, who would you play it? I mean, I wish I could just answer both running backs, but I feel like that's kind of cheating. They're the only two that I like really feel good about. Um, And Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon. I love Javante Williams. He just looks super strong. I like he it's not he's not going to be an RB one while Melvin Gordon is there, but they both just been productive because they're also covering up some of the blemishes in the passing game. So uh, I think they're going to continue to lean on them no matter how the game script is going to be um against the chiefs which will probably be a negative one um but if i have to pick one pass catcher or probably say no fant uh the receivers it's just it stinks like t- tim patrick is like out on the street and Cortland sutton wide receiver 95 as we talked about jerry judy i mean i guess jerry judy but like not even Jerry Judy. Uh, it's it's really tough. I think Noah Fant could like find the end zone because he's just like a big target and, you know, subpar passers maybe tend to like those guys. So that is what I'm going to go with. Um, the two running backs and then Noah Fant. I, I agree with you on the running backs. I like Javante Williams a lot. I actually took a long shot flyer on him to lead the league in rushing at the start of the year, just in case Ooh. he kind of took over for Gordon early. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm probably not getting my money back on that one. Uh, but he does look good. He does have like a player to every game who just really pops and looks talented. So he's the sort of guy, if Melvin Gordon suddenly like pulls his hamstring this week or something, Javante Williams is one of those possible league winner guys if he has suddenly got more of a chance down the stretch. So I think in this case, I agree. It's kind of the cop out, but I just play both running backs. You know that they're going to try to run the ball and keep Pat Mahomes on the sideline. 
And I don't know. I think that that Sunday night game could end up being a little closer than it seems. You know, division rivalry games, those tend to be pretty close. Um, and the long, the long odd teams have been keeping games pretty close over the last month. So I think I just play both running backs. That way you don't really know who's going to hit, but you kind of get both sides and uh, Jerry Judy. Okay, fair enough. Although if I have to pick him as a receiver or fan at tight end, maybe Ooh, fan. Right. I know it's, it's the mashed potatoes. It's, it's not great. And, and the, the, you know, it, it would have felt good a month ago to start a couple of people against the chiefs, whoever they were, the chiefs defense is playing a lot better these days. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's not an enviable position for Cody. All right. Jeremy wants to know, should I trade for Jalen Waddle? What do you think? I mean, you're kind of buying at his absolute apex right now after two really strong games. Uh, He scored in consecutive games and one of them was against my Carolina Panthers. Wait, like, I don't know where that secondary was. Cam Newton can't hit the broad side of the bar. And like, I can't, <laughs> it was so brutal. But um, that said, I love Jalen Waddle. I mean, his rest of season schedule too is pretty nice. He's got the Jets, Saints, and Titans in the fantasy playoffs, which should be good matchups for him. So, I mean, it really depends. And look, hey. There are people that I guess their trade deadlines have not elapsed yet. So uh, you should definitely check that in your leagues because not everyone has the same one. They're, they're, you know, every platform is different and then every league is different. So I would say depending on what you have to give up for him, of course, but like he is a stud and I'm so excited about him. I think he's going to like he'll go pretty high in fantasy draft next year. Yeah, I, I've been surprised. I thought of Waddle as one of those speed guys who is going to get not a lot of touches. And usually we talked about this. I don't like those guys in fantasy because like I think of like a, a Santana Moss or Deshaun Jackson where you're just hoping you get that long play. And last week, Waddle got the long play. He broke the long touchdown, as you recall, unfortunately. Um, but actually... He's had the long play potential, but he's also had a lot of catches. He's been like top 10 receptions for, for much of the season. So yeah, he surprised me. I don't mind it. He's not getting much attention just because, you know, Devonte Smith has been great and Jamar Chase was awesome. And Waddle was that other third first round receiver and, you know, looking like all, all three teams are feeling pretty good about it. So I, I wouldn't overpay for Waddle, but yeah, he's got a nice schedule coming up. And it's one of those where you might catch the other owner with Waddle thinking that he's selling high. And if you think, well, no, Waddle is just this good, that might be a spot where you're able to, to get him. I need to ask though, Samantha, since I know you saw it, buy or sell on Jalen Waddle's Waddle touchdown dance. What'd you think? Stop it. My Carolina Panthers secondary were too full of mashed potatoes to play in that game. <laughs> so um, I have given up on the season. I have given up on Cam Newton. I know it took one game to give up on Cam Newton, but I've given up on that. So it stinks. Um, thank you for rubbing salt in that wound, though. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I, I was I was hopeful on Cam Newton also. Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna rearrange our order here because we've got a Cam Newton question. So let's let's just while the salt is in the wound, let's just get it over with. So Jason writes, is Cam worth holding through the bye week? The Falcons look juicy, but he can't help but feel better off dropping him for someone like Carson Wentz. So what do you think? Is Cam Newton even a name to keep around? Five of 21 last week. I mean, could could you have completed five of 21 passes on a football field? It feels like we could get close, right? I mean, it's so embarrassing. It was like a QBR of five and then... PJ Walker comes in is not even much better, but he looks better just because Cam was that bad. So who knows, like if he's even going to, I don't know, like who knows if he's going to start. I don't think they're going to start PJ Walker. Like now they paid him and like (laughs) they kind of have to, but I am so fine with you dropping him through the buy. Like I think he might not be picked up in a lot of leagues. Like if you were to drop him and then if you really wanted him next week against the Falcons, I think that, there's a good chance he would still be there. Like you may have to use fab, but like there's a good chance. And like Carson Wentz, I like way better rest of season. It's like the, I just like the Colts offense better. The schedule is kind of tough. He's got Houston, then the bye, then new England, Arizona and the Raiders. So, I mean, I would say schedule wise, they're kind of similar, but I just like Carson Wentz a lot better. He's got 
a lot more of a functional offense going and can actually throw the ball. It's weird. Yeah, we talked about Cam Newton. At least I talked about him as a possible league winner down the stretch. The problem is he's also showing that he might be a league loser. And when quarterback is the one position you can't screw around with, like it's so much better to have a boring Carson Wentz to just kind of get you some points and not screw things up too much. A Kirk Cousins, if you will, like that's that's how that's why these guys are getting paid hundred million dollars to play quarterback. It's the exact same reason. Like, well, are you really excited to have Carson or Kirk? This is a terrible thing for me to say. I'm a Vikings fan and a North Dakota State fan. These are my guys, but you're not excited about them, but you need someone. And fantasy is the same way. You, you just, you need to get at least your 12, 14, 15 points. What you can't have is Cam Newton put up five of 21 and get you like three points because you just lost that week. Like you can't lose that much ground at quarterback. So I think you have to cut Cam Newton. Like you, you can't keep him around because you're going to be tempted to play him. But now that we know that he can have such a bad game and even worse that they might just bench him in the middle and he should have been benched. But if if that's a possibility in fantasy, like Carson Wentz is not getting benched. He could throw another left-handed pick six falling in the end zone and he's not getting benched. So you just, you can't play Cam. You have to cut him and you got to move on. It was a good gamble and I recommended the gamble, but it's, you know, not all gambles pay off. Hello, we're actually network. <laughs> I mean, Cam is, if Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins are like the safe mashed potatoes, Cam Newton is the like six day old Thanksgiving leftovers that you still have in your <laughs> fridge. So, I mean, yeah. maybe you could roll the dice, but I don't have the stomach for it. Yeah, that, that is a perfect analogy. <laughs> All right, we've got one more, a lot, lot of attention on that Dolphins-Panthers game. So let's go to a Stop question it. from Oscar here. Hey, Oscar is the grouch, not you, Samantha. <laughs> okay, so Oscar wants to know, did Tua get legit, and can I stream him if I need a quarterback this week? Yeah, Tua, I mean, for all the flack that he takes, he's actually been extremely accurate. And uh, he is QB 12 on a per game basis since week six. He was dealing with that injury early season. Giants have been slightly above average against fantasy quarterbacks this year, but I'm, they're not like fearsome. They're not someone that I'm going to avoid in terms of matchups. So I think he's definitely stream worthy. Like if you really need someone this week, if you happen to have, I don't know, I, I can't imagine you're starting Ryan Tannehill or uh uh, Baker Mayfield, but maybe you need a cam replacement. Uh, I could, I could, I would be fine with starting Tua. I'm a little lower on Tua than you. Not that you're really even that high on him, but I, I think you really are scraping near the bottom of the barrel if you're going to play Tua this week. Like, there's not much ceiling there. He's not hitting too many long plays. Usually, he's doing like. Even I'm a skeptic on two overall. The numbers have been, look like they're a lot better, but there's a lot of RPO and a lot of just short passes, get the ball to my playmakers. And that's fine, but there's not a ton of ceiling. And it seems like that's kind of how they're built the offense around him. The Giants pass defense has been pretty good too. So if you get this low ceiling option against a slightly decent defense, it just feels like, yeah, if I'm choosing between him and Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield, that's a pretty low bar to cross. So I feel decent about that. But like even compared to the guys we're talking about, Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz, no chance I'm starting to over either of those guys. So like if you're in a two quarterback league, yeah, he's a streamer. Or if you're in a 16 team league and there's just not a lot of options, then I think yes. But I would probably be, I'd keep looking because he just doesn't excite me that much. But you know. Like we, you agree that you would start Taysom Hill over Tua, right? Oh yeah, I, I like the Taysom Hill. I mean, I, okay. I I was starting Taysom Hill over Kirk Cousins in our PhD <laughs> segment. So yeah, Taysom Hill is definitely like the Taysom Hill is my new Cam Newton. Out with Cam, <laughs> in with Taysom. You know, we get those running running yards in there. I don't know what, what it could is. possibly like, go wrong, etc. Yeah, well, it, maybe you get get the right league. You might be able to play him at tight end still if you're lucky, and then get a second <laughs> quarterback out there. Oh my goodness. That was actually like a very funny, like argument on Twitter and just argument in general. Like the people were like 
screaming at each other in leagues about like, you are so unethical. And I'm, I, I mean, people were literally <laughs> writing me to my mailbag at the New York post and asking like all these like ethical questions. Should we kick this person out of the league? Like, good Lord. I mean, it's fantasy. We all love fantasy, but like, don't break friendships over someone starting Taysom Hill at tight end. Yeah. It reminded me of this. I can't remember, but this was maybe about a decade ish ago. So Marcus Colston for the Saints, when he was brand new as a rookie, he was a very low drafted rookie. I think he was maybe even like a seventh round guy at Hofstra. Nobody knew who he was, including the people that made the fantasy pages. And so he was just kind of this tall beanpole dude. And he was a tweener prospect. So he got listed at tight end. and ended up being a really good rookie receiver for the Saints. Like he led the team that year. I think he had, I don't know, something like a thousand yards and seven or eight touchdowns, like really good. For a tight end, especially like, and he, he on Yahoo leagues and, and I forget like Yahoo, I think had him as a tight end eligible and ESPN did, and then switched it after like two weeks while Yahoo kept it something like that. So it, it was a whole thing the whole season long, but he was one of those guys that you, know, you get to the end of the year and you're like, which players are showing up on the most champions. And this random Marcus Colston was like a top three on every roster because he was a cheat code. Because he wasn't even drafted in the leagues. Like he was just free off of waivers as like a thousand yard tight end after after week one. So yeah, don't hit the player, hit the game. Uh, all right. Rich wants to know, will the Buccaneers run the ball more in December and January? So Leonard Fournette, four touchdowns last week. I'm guessing this is a Fournette sort of question. What do you think? I mean, I it's really hard to predict if they're just going to start running more. I mean, I, I feel like they could start there there's a good chance that later in the season they start resting some of their stars uh just you know to preserve them for the playoffs since they're all but a lock at this point and yeah i mean we saw playoff lenny super bowl lenny in super bowl form last week uh if you were leonard fournetted last week you may be entitled to compensation uh I mean, it just seems like it's like there's a guy every week that has three or four touchdowns. It's like Jonathan Taylor or, or Leonard Fournette. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess maybe they will run the ball more. But uh, I don't know. I'm not Bruce Arians. What do you think? I also am not Bruce Arians, uh, but <laughs> I do think that they're going to, you know, they've run the ball pretty well this season. They're there. I was looking because I'm like this. I was looking at offensive line run block grades on a pro football focus yesterday. And the, uh, long story short, Tampa Bay's offensive line has been really good. Like Tom Brady is the MVP favorite right now. Leonard Fournette was the joking MVP favorite after, you know, Johnson Taylor was the MVP with his five touchdowns. Then Fournette played them and got four touchdowns. So you get like the hypothetical MVP belt after that one. I wonder if the offensive line is the MVP for this team because they're keeping Tom in a clean pocket for the most time back there. And they're opening up a lot of holes for Fournette. He's been really good. So I do think, you know, their power run game, especially has been very good. And I was dismayed. I, I, I've had my Tom Brady MVP ticket. So I'm watching his numbers all year long. And we got three times last week, like a vultured running back touchdown at the one by not Tom Brady passing the ball into someone. So, yeah, you know, if they're going to start doing that a little bit more, then you definitely want these guys out there. Fournette looks like, you know, a pretty strong play. And it certainly as the weather gets a little worse. And you've got, you know, a 900-year-old quarterback, you might want to run the ball a little bit more. So it makes a lot of sense. Well, we'll check with Bruce, but I think I think we agree that they might do a little more running here. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And it, it's like he you gotta ride the hot hand and stuff. But Bruce is also notoriously unpredictable with the running back situation. Like this could be the Ronald Jones game for all we know. Like, I don't think so, but like things like that happen with uh his backfields. So we shall see. But yeah, I, I could definitely see them running more. All right. We've got a question from Mark. Mark wants to know which of the top running backs would be likely to be shut down during the fantasy playoffs. And are there backups worth stashing? So they recommended Najee Harris possibly or Saquon Barkley come to mind. What do you think? What running backs did you see getting shut down? So this, this question, I assume they mean it's just like, teams that are no longer either no longer competitive so they don't care or they have the division locked up or something like that and they want to rest their stars is that how you interpreted this yeah I think I think I interpreted even more less as a good team resting because that probably doesn't happen until like the last week or two anyway 
So right, I think I interpret right, right. it more like Najee Harris. Like Najee Harris picks up an injury of some sort. Pittsburgh loses again. And they're like, all right, well, let's not risk our young guy. Let's just let him rest and play whatever backup, you know? So does anyone in that mold come to mind for you? I mean, that mold, I feel like why waste James Robinson on Jaguars? I mean, he feels like a good fit. I mean, like some other guys that may fall into like a different sort of category, like Ezekiel Elliott, who's dealing with injuries and stuff like I could see him being not shut down completely. And I know like Jerry Jones says one thing, but like, who knows if you can trust that that's Jerry Jones. Like, so, I mean, I could see him tapering off in terms of workload if, if, uh, you know, they, they just want to preserve him and that could be problematic for the fantasy playoffs. I mean, other guys, Washington's look good. So I don't necessarily want to say Antonio Gibson or anything like that. Cause he's definitely starting to look really healthy. So, um, and even like Leonard Fournette came to mind is just like, they're very competitive and maybe they don't need to like pound the, like pound him into the ground uh, before the playoffs, but he's also playing so well. So I don't know that a, a ton of guys come to mind, like Saquon Barkley, for sure. As, as this person recommended, that is probably like the prime candidate for that. Yeah, it's hard because I can think of some of these names like Saquon and Najee both make sense, but also their situations are horrible. The only reason we're playing those guys is because they're so talented, despite the bad offensive lines, despite everything else. So if you take them out like that, do I really want the backup behind a terrible line, not getting as many touches? I don't know. It's not that exciting. Dalvin Cook is an obvious one here, but we're too late because he's obviously out for a bit now anyway. But he's a guy that could, you know, if it's a trade question, you could gamble on trading for Alexander Madison and hope that maybe Cook just doesn't get healthy again and you get Madison for the whole rest of the season and not just for a week or two. So I could see that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I just like not a ton of guys like I feel like come to mind. Like, for instance, like Atlanta is not going to be competitive, but Cordero Patterson is also like not a super valuable, like high value asset. It's not like he's under a $60 million contract or whatever. So, and uh, uh, so I'm not sure that like, we'll see him get shut down. I don't know. Like uh, Daryl Henderson, because well, the Rams are in a skid right now and um, he's really banged up. And if for whatever reason, they just like, don't want to keep playing him so much, like, Sony Michelle yeah. could be a name that comes to mind. So I don't know, maybe yeah. the Bears, David Montgomery, if you consider him a star running back, um, the wheels could That's start coming bad. off. I like that one. The wheels could start coming off at some point on that, on that. And uh, they want to, they want to save him. So we could, you could maybe roster yeah. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good one. I, li- I like that. And I think the problem here at thinking about this is that like 25 of the 32 teams still think that they're in the playoff hunt because right. we have so many mediocre records. So it's like two weeks from now, some of the teams will have fallen out, you know, like the giants probably will be out. The dolphins probably will be out, but we, we don't know yet. And so these teams still like, they're not going to shut anyone down right now. Right now they're trying to make their push. So it's, I guess my recommendation would be to, to look at the schedule and see who you think of these mediocre, like the wild card fringy sort of teams who loses the next couple of weeks and falls out and then maybe grab a running back from that team. But yeah, no, no great name. Great question, but no great names that come to mind here. All right. We got a couple more here and then we'll get you out of here. So from Steve, Steve says every season, it seems there's some random running back that makes it into a lineup in the semis and finals. Similar question here. So who are some targets that might be worth looking at that have some high upside if called into duty, but low ownership right now? So he mentions, uh, obviously, Chuba Hubbard and Hilliard. Is it somebody like Ronald Jones or Nwangu? That this, this, these, we're closing with two great questions for you, our fantasy expert. Give me some names that are deeper down the list that you have your eye on. Jermar Jefferson is less than 1% rostered on Yahoo leagues. So he's a a rookie and didn't see any playing time until Jamal Williams went out. Well, DeAndre Swift is going to miss multiple weeks. So I think it's Jefferson that's going to back him up. And I mean, 
Jamal Williams has dealt with a ton of injuries this year. So if for whatever reason they're down another running back, he could be featured. Um, I mean, we're looking at guys that are not, this is, this is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So, I mean, Samal J.P. Ryan, he's a very valuable insurance policy, I think, for Joe Mixon. Now, he's not a, Joe Mixon's not a guy that I think is going to be shut down, especially since he's a really like a second half type guy. And the Bengals are, you know, well, they are very much in the race. So Samal J.P. Ryan, 5%, he would be very valuable if anything were to happen to Mixon. I mean, we talked about Ty Johnson a little bit, Jeff Wilson. I mean, those guys are in the 30s, so that may fall outside of your 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 range here. Jarrett Patterson, if something were to happen to Antonio Gibson's shin again, we could definitely see him pick up some carries since J.D. McKissick is really not like a traditional rusher or anything like that. He's 1% rostered, and he did see 11 carries in one week. Amir Abdullah at 4% rostered. Now that CMC is out and Chuba Hubbard is whatever. So, I mean, if he gets injured too, I mean, a lot of these require injuries for, for them to end up making it in yeah. lineups in the semis and finals. So yeah, I mean, uh, Tony Jones Jr. Who was a popular ad this week, didn't do much with Kamara and Ingram out, but that said, like both guys, I mean, Kamara's got in- injury issues and Ingram's 180 years old. So it may be yeah. worth taking a look there. Uh, what about any names from you? Yeah, I think out of, out of all those names, I'm just going from your list here, but the two that stood out to me are, and I'm, I'm really, I'm going here for a situation. So Jeff Wilson, maybe a little bit of a cheat on this question. Like you said, about a third of the leagues he's owned in already, but I'm a big Elijah Mitchell guy. I still got my long shot 501 rookie of the year ticket on him. But I do think Mitchell is going to have a big close of the season because once Trent Williams came back, their left tackle for the Niners and George Kittle, like those, those are the two best players on San Francisco's offense. And their offense has been about as good as anyone since those guys have come back in the lineup. They're scoring a lot of points. Elijah Mitchell looks healthy and is getting the carries. Like you have to trust him at this point if you have him. But he also is banged up and he was a question mark even heading the last week. So and Jeff Wilson, hurt, so like right. they may need to even run the ball more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Debo's getting some of the runs anyway. So they're going to have to spread out the carries with some of the running backs a little more too. So Jeff Wilson is, is a guy that if Elijah gets hurt again, he could definitely be a guy that like you want him in your lineup at that point for sure. So he, he stuck out. The other one too, Tony Jones, that, that seemed like an answer that sort of fit the last question too. Alvin Kamara might be that guy that gets shut down. The Saints are kind of on that fringe. Mark Ingram is on a different fringe of existing (laughs) for a very long time. So, and and the thing too with Tony Jones is the Saints offensive line should get a little healthier soon once they get both of their tackles back. And I love to have a running back on a team with a mobile quarterback because those sort of running backs, I think Baltimore running backs here and hasn't worked this year because they're playing all the other ancient running backs. But I was high on, you know, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards coming to the year because you get your running quarterback, you're taking up one or two of the defender's eyes and just hand it off to whoever the running back is, just going downhill right up the middle. And I don't know, Tony Jones could maybe end up being a better version of that than Mark Ingram at his advanced age and snaps. So those two intrigue me. And, you know, I think, New Orleans certainly will be a more run-centric team as long as Taysom is starting. So those are the two that stood out. Jamar Jefferson, he's capped for sure. I was I picked the Browns to shut out the Lions a couple of weeks ago, and I was feeling great. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, some dude, Jamar Jefferson, busts off like an 80-yard touchdown run right on my red zone screen. I'm like, who is this guy, and why is he ruining my 15-to-1 bet? So no to Jamar Jefferson. 0% owned. Stay that way. Uh, that's not at all a personal gripe that you have with Jamar Jefferson. Um, no, sorry, Jamar personal. Jefferson's grandmother. Um, Ty Montgomery, mm-hmm. to your point uh, about the Saints, um, Ty Montgomery is a has dual eligibility as a receiver and running back, and he saw 29 snaps last week. Uh, so he's a guy that I may keep my eye on too mm-hmm. in deep, deep leagues because he's also under 1% rostered. So if you're yeah. really looking for those guys that are like just completely off the radar. <laughs> Yeah, well, and this is the right time too. Like you're, you guys are right to be asking these questions because at this point of the season, like don't keep your your backup uh, 
kicker. Don't ever have a backup kicker ever. Don't yeah, keep a don't. backup <laughs> tight end around. Don't keep a backup defense. Like this is the time that you gotta, you gotta manage your roster differently. Like it's now you're, as you get to the playoffs, you gotta just get rid of that guy that you have, like your fifth receiver who scores you six or seven points and is your like break in case of emergency sort of option. Get rid of them. There's no more emergencies. It's, it's time to play your best guys. So clear out the roster spots and like, Get these sort of guys on your roster because the, the other guy, the seven point a game receiver is nothing to you. He's not going to save your season. One of these guys might if they hit. So these are the, they're the right sort of questions. You just have to gamble a little bit and hope you find the right name. All right. One last question from Johnson in Wisconsin. Which teams or players should Johnson be targeting for a playoff run based on favorable schedules? So you've got some good names here. This one is all you. Who do you like down the stretch here? Yeah, there's I, I identified five teams that I like their their playoff schedules. Now they're not all the sexiest teams, but uh, we'll start with the 49ers. They have a pretty soft schedule down the stretch. And then they have Atlanta, Tennessee and Houston uh, during the fantasy playoffs. So I, I love George Kittle right now as a buy low, especially with Debo Samuel going out. Elijah Mitchell, if. I mean, I know he's a little banged up, but I, I, I'm super high on him rest of season. So uh, those are guys that I would be looking at from the 49ers. Maybe even Brandon Ayuk, if you happen to believe in him, but he's burned. <laughs> he's in my cap book as well. So okay. um, we talked about the Jets having a very soft schedule rest of season. They've got Miami, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. So no running backs there. But um, I, I do like Elijah Moore. Um, if he can reintroduce himself to Zach Wilson, that would be nice. Uh, the Cardinals have a nice, have a nice schedule. Um, they've got Detroit, Indianapolis and Dallas, uh, during the fantasy playoffs. So, I mean, take your pick from the guys that I I really like Zach Ertz as a possible trade target Mm -hmm. because he's looked really, really strong and you don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Deandre Hopkins could come back for this game, but it's not like he's a target monster. Um, so I could definitely see Ertz still getting targets there. Um, the Eagles, playing in one of the softest divisions. Uh, they do get Washington twice and the Giants during the fantasy playoffs. So that is a nice schedule. Now, I'm not going to, in good faith, tell you to go target Jalen Hurts, really. Uh, but Devonta Smith uh, coming off of a little bit of a tough game and then Dallas Goddard could be um, interesting targets maybe for a deeper league. And then the Cowboys, finally, um, they've got uh, another soft couple games in the playoffs with the Giants, Washington, and then Arizona, which is a little tough, but um, I would still, I, th- I think they're still worth targeting. So you could probably go out there and grab, especially Mari Cooper. You can grab on the real cheap, but um, CD Lamb and, and Dak Prescott come to mind. All right. That will do it for this long mailbag episode. As a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back next Tuesday with another round of 21 questions with, I believe it's John Paulson from 4 for 4. So that will be a really, really fun episode. And then we'll be back next Thursday with another mailbag episode. Don't forget, please send us any mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Download us wherever you like to listen. And we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flats presented by Prize Picks. Peace out, y'all.